If you're a podcaster, you know that making money from your podcast can be kind of sporadic. It's really off and on. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. What they do is they provide you with a flat rate for ad space. So every time you include an ad from Podgo, you know exactly how much you're going to get. Doesn't get any simpler than that. I just became a member and you can too. Go to their website at podgo.co. P-O-D-G-O dot co. I've included the link in the bio as well. When you sign up, when they put, how did you hear about us? Mention my podcast name, shout me out, you know, go ahead and do that. But go ahead and apply today and start making money from your podcast. Start getting advertisers that fit your audience. Don't keep it 100, keep it 1 million. Hello and welcome to the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. Another beautiful episode. This is your host, Paris Grant, coming to you with everything financial. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know with everything going on in the world, it's pretty easy to forget what life would be like if things were quote unquote normal. And something that you may not know, and I just found out myself actually, is that June is actually National Homeownership Month. So earlier in the year, I had Lindsey Johnson come on the show. Lindsey Johnson is the president of U.S. Mortgage Insurers, USMI. It's the nation's leading private mortgage insurance association comprised of five of the six U.S. mortgage insurance companies in the country. So it is not an understatement to say that she is a pretty big deal. So I had her come on the show and talk to us about home buying for millennials, things to look out for, what you might need, debunking some of the myths and literally giving us a walkthrough of the home buying process. And like I said in the beginning, we got a lot going on. We got coronavirus, the Black Lives Matter movement. We got a presidential election coming up. We're in a recession right now. There is a lot going on right now in the short term. But it's very important that we still position ourselves to be, you know, have that upward mobility long term. And I believe that home buying has been and will continue to be a major milestone in a lot of our lives. And I know that, you know, we're millennials. It's something that we think of, like, you know, like having kids and getting married and buying a home is something that we're going to be doing way, way, way in the future. But, you know, you blink and next thing you know, we're all 40. And yeah, and that's when these things become relevant. So it's better to position yourself now and arm yourself with the knowledge now of being able to empower yourself to make these decisions. This was a great interview. I was so happy to have her come on. She knows so much about like almost every facet about the home buying process. And I'm really, really happy, really, really happy to have had her on. All the links that she mentions are in the bio. So make sure to go click those up, show her some support. And you can connect with her on Twitter at USMI Info and at Lindsay USMI. I'm not sure. I'm going to include that in the bio as well. But thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you get a lot out of this episode and make sure above everything, don't keep it 100. Keep it 1 million. And welcome back to the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. As always, this is your host, Paris Grant. And on today's episode, it is a very special episode because I am joined by a guest, Lindsay Johnson. Lindsay Johnson currently serves as president of the U.S. Mortgage Insurance, USMI, and it is the nation's leading private mortgage insurance association comprised of five of six U.S. mortgage insurance companies in the country. Needless to say, she's been working in the field for a long time and has a lot to talk about when it comes to, you know, home buying and real estate, which is honestly not my strongest suit. So this is a learning experience 
for me as well as for you. So uh, I just want to take this time to thank Lindsay for coming on. And Lindsay, do you want to add anything to that? I'm not sure if I missed anything in the intro. No, it's perfect. I'm, I'm excited to be here. There's a lot to talk about and fits very nicely with uh, your theme of how to become a millionaire because honestly, it's a huge purchase for so many individuals and a, and a really important milestone um, in your financial growth. So talk to us about that. Um, a lot of people, when I, uh, as I've been recording this, a lot of people uh, typically when we talk about building wealth, they obviously point to like, you know, how to budget, how to save, investing in the stock market. So why... What role does home ownership play in wealth building? So first of all, I mean, look, all those other things are critically important, right? And they're, you know, what we've seen, and especially for millennials, frankly, something that I love to kind of follow is um, the the intelligence with which they approach sort of their, their financial goals. So they're talking about investing in the stock market way earlier than previous generations. They are, you know, really savvy in terms of their long-term career goals and meeting those goals, you know, really soon um, out of the gate. Talking about student debt, and this is a challenge that most generations before them just didn't face nearly to the extent that they're facing. Um, so a lot of, you know, a lot of challenges that are very different. And so home ownership does sometimes kind of get put on the back burner. But in talking to and in surveying millennials, we found consistently over the last several years, homeownership is something that not only do they aspire to, but they realize is an important mile marker in their ability to build wealth long term. And it's you know it's intergenerational. I mean, this wealth gets passed on to families, obviously. So it's it really is a, an incredibly important asset. Um, you know, one of the the challenges, frankly, that we've we've kind of come up against is the, the challenges that millennials are facing are different. So, for example, coming out with student debt and um, and really wanting to kind of take a, a chunk of that debt and try and pay it down as soon as they can, which is incredibly important, incredibly smart. But while you're on the sidelines and you're waiting to potentially purchase that home, home prices continue to appreciate. And so understanding sort of the different home buying options that are available to you and how to maybe get into a home sooner, it, you know, if, when you are in the right career and you're gonna be in a place for a period of time, is a, like I said, it's just a really important step to help um, build that financial wealth sooner. Got it, got it. So I'm, I'm really glad you went over that because uh, yeah, home ownership is a like very very I guess efficient way of building wealth and it's something that a lot of people don't especially millennials are kind of putting off so I'm really glad you touched on that so you know a lot about mortgage insurance I know absolutely nothing about it so can you tell me what it is and like how it works yeah absolutely so when you go to sit down with your lender you know they're gonna ask you some of the basic things so what's your income what's your assets what's your, what are your, what's your debt you know, have paperwork back and all that stuff up. But then they're going to ask you this really important question about how much are you going to put down? And most lenders are going to require a 20% down payment or to lend you this money, right? Or they're going to require some form of, of mortgage insurance. And some borrowers get their mortgage insurance through the government, so FHA, and other borrowers will get their mortgage insurance through the private sector. But it is, the mortgage insurance essentially bridges the gap between what an individual has to bring to the closing table in terms of a down payment and their access to the mortgage finance uh, market. So that's essentially the role that mortgage insurance plays. And it really, it's there to protect the lender, but it's also obviously enabling the access to the consumer. 
Got it. Got it. So, I mean, going through the home buying process, I'm glad we started off like, you know, we sit down, we're talking about everything. Um, and they're asking all these questions. What does it actually take to qualify for a mortgage? So, I mean, these are incredibly important questions, right? And one of the things that um, I think is really important for an individual to do is kind of to take a financial checkup before they ever go to the closing table. And, you know, there's a, a number of different resources and tools for individuals to look at. But one uh, resource that we've developed and it kind of houses and it points to different really um, popular uh, other websites is lowdownpaymentfacts.com where you can learn about you know what your credit score means um, because the difference between having a bad a fair a good and an excellent credit score is going to you know dramatically impact not only the um, the channel the lending channel that you go through so whether you go and get an FHA loan that's government backed or whether you're in the conventional market or, uh, but it'll determine the terms that the lender will, will lend to you. And so your cost of financing will, will change. Um, and just because you may have a, you know, a lower credit score doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, have access to mortgage finance credit. There's ways to build your credit score. So there's great resources for that. But understanding that, understanding the, you know, what the lender's going to need in terms of um, the paperwork around your employment verification and your income, uh, understanding your debt load and sort of managing that debt load and um, and how much of your you know, your income is going to be taken up by debt. Lenders look at all those different things. So those are all really important factors that are going to be fed into this process, as well as, again, to that point about down payment. What do you what can you bring to the closing table in terms of a down payment? And, and also from an individual perspective, what do I want to bring down uh, to the closing table in terms of a down payment? It's absolutely essential that you know you have some money in the bank for savings, um, for you know when that uh, that hot water heater breaks or when your heating goes out. And a lot of people find themselves in you know financial uh, distress when they don't have enough savings in the bank to to address those needs. or are ultimately definitely going to come up with homeownership. Got it. Got it. Thank you for that. Uh, my next question has like home buying changed throughout the generations. So, you know, we were just talking about the fact that millennials are kind of going through, going through things that previous generations didn't really have to. And like a lot of things that are definitely different. Has the home buying process changed at all? Or has it typically stayed like pretty static? So it, you know, it, it has changed. And one thing that we see um, is that you know borrowers more and more borrowers, especially as more and more more and more millennials are coming into the market, the, the base of home ownership obviously is changing. Their challenges are, ch are changing as well. Home price appreciation is you know it can home prices continue to escalate, and so you're you know we one of the biggest challenges I think facing a lot of uh, potential home buyers is they're chasing this moving target because home prices almost consistently across the country have increased you know, at a much um, higher rate than their incomes have increased. And so we've seen like, for example, over the last year, more than 80% of the first time home buyers use low down payment options. So they're putting much less than 20% down. So that's one of the things that we continue to see is just this, you know, this growth and this prevalence of low down payment options. But we also see some really incredible things. I mentioned before, you know, the difference between millennials or this generation and some of the previous generations is that they get married later in life and they're 
putting their careers and, and trying to get their careers on the right path uh, sooner. And you know, we a lot of folks in the industry thought that that was going to dampen their interest in ownership, but in fact. It's kind of the opposite. What we one thing that we saw in 2019 was that single women accounted for nearly 20% of purchases. So I think that this one speaks a lot to the fact that this is a get it done group. But two, it also says about you know a lot about the importance and the um, you know the the preference for homeownership that this generation has, and they're willing to make it happen in, in perhaps what we used to consider a non-traditional way. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, you just mentioned it briefly, but what are some of these different types of low down payment mortgages? Like, are there some that are better than others? Uh, and like, how do you differentiate between the two and like what makes one better than another? Sure. Well, I, there are different options. I mean, uh, some of the most prevalent and well-known options is you can get a conventional loan that's by private mortgage insurance and you can put as little as 3% down in that market or you can get a government-backed loan insured by the Federal Housing Administration and you can put 3.5% down. One of the benefits that we see with with conventional um, and private MI is the fact that it cancels after a borrower reaches a certain amount of equity in their home. So literally, you know, if you're putting 20% down, you're not using mortgage insurance, but once you reach that 20% equity mark, uh, if you're using mortgage insurance, the mortgage insurance goes away. And so your payment actually goes down, which is always a welcome development for homeowners. So that's one of the biggest differences between private mortgage insurance and FHA insurance. But they're both used um, you know, in, in by many different borrowers and they both serve a really important need. And so just understanding the, the different options that are available to you and that you know the difference between putting five or 10% down versus 20% can mean years in terms of um, being when a borrower is actually able to get into their first home. And that, you know, those years equate to home price appreciation. So that that home that they were hoping to purchase continues to get more expensive. And, you know, it it means uh, money that otherwise could be used to pay down their, their mortgage is going into rent. And so all those things are just really important considerations. And it doesn't mean that a consumer should go out and buy sooner than they're ready to, but it does mean that they should really think about these options as they're considering um, what's best for their financial well-being. Got it, got it. Um, I mean, kind of piggybacking off of uh, what you just finished saying there, when do you think is a good time, like, when can you tell when it's time to stop renting and start looking to buy? Well, you know, look, I think that one of the most important things and kind of pointing back to this, some of the differences between this generation, previous generations, things are, you know, things are different. A lot of people have lived in urban areas. Um, We're seeing some of that urban uh, development start to spread back into the suburban areas. But the most important thing is knowing when you're going to be a little bit more steady in your career. So initially, we know that, you know, a lot of millennials um, will change jobs a few times early on in their career and that's that's great it's kind of getting them to where they need to be but reaching a point where you're going to be in the same location for you know at least five to ten years is an important aspect of this so that's one piece is just the stability that you know you're going to be in the same place um having some form of down payment and and obviously the steady income uh and knowing sort of what that threshold is so that you can not just have the income and a down, a 
you know, somewhat of a down payment, but also making sure that you've got savings in the bank so that when, you know, if you needed to do renovations or if an unexpected cost arises, you're going to be um, liquid enough to kind of manage through that and, and be finding a mortgage. Got it, got it. So this next question's kind of uh, two parts. Uh, I just like I just uh, saw an article that was talking about people that are people are making a lot of uh, like migration from high tax states because people are having trouble I guess affording where they're living just because of like you know the state that they live in. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have any advice for somebody who is in that predicament? Who somebody who might like might not want to move or they might want to move somewhere? Should they be looking at their taxes uh, and like what their tax rate's going to be? Well. You know, this is definitely outside of my uh, my expertise, but obviously the tax law that was passed in 2017 did have some significant impacts on homeowners, you know, across the country, especially those in jurisdictions where state act, state taxes, um, property taxes are higher. I mean, that, there's just no doubt about that. But I, you know, I, I know that um, uh, you know. And actually, Paris, you may need to edit this out because I don't have a lot of advice on that one. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the next question is like, what are lawmakers in Washington working on, uh, and how does that help home buyers? So this is critical, and really, you know, home ownership is understood to be such an important um, component of an individual an individual's financial well-being. It's usually their largest asset, and so there has been a lot of focus, especially since the financial crisis, on ensuring that individuals have access to mortgage finance credit, and so that's a, a huge component of this. And you know the low down payment options that we spoke of before. I think that there is a growing recognition across the country, and especially at the federal level, that individuals need access to credit. Um, but there's also a, a very intense focus on supply. And if you're in the market today, you know exactly what I'm talking about because this isn't prevalent in just a couple of communities. This is really pervasive throughout the country. Is a supply issue where you you know are trying to get into your starter home. And you're competing with, you know, just a dozen other people, many of them who are bringing cash to the closing table. Um, and it's just a, a very, very competitive market, especially for starter homes. So supply and access to supply is one of the biggest challenges that federal policymakers are trying to address. And you see this even, you know, at the state and the local level. I mean, I, I was, I traveled across the country and I was in Austin a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, there was a city, uh, a city town hall meeting focused on supply and the fact that even people that have been there for generations are having a hard time affording moving because, you know, so many other people are moving in and there's just not enough supply on the market. So a lot of focus at this at all levels, but um, I, you know, I do hope that in the next several years, there's going to be sort of a tipping point and enough um, incentives created again at the federal local and state level to open supply back up got it got it so the like putting down 20 percent for a mortgage um and that's pretty like i guess prevalent advice it's like something that we hear a lot about something that even me I'm, i haven't bought a home yet but even i know about that um yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like where did that come from and is it like actually true is it smart to put down the 20 percent? do you have to um oh yeah can you speak about that Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, I think it probably comes from the fact that 
lenders do um, require 20% or mortgage insurance. And th so there was this notion that, oh, I've got to have 20% and that's what I'm going to save. But it, it's such you know pervasive myth that exists. In fact, there's been report and study after report and study um, on the number of potential home buyers who will cite, in fact, almost half of them cite not purchasing a home because they feel like they don't have enough money for a down payment. And when you, but when you look at the data, and I mentioned this before, people who actually go and really kind of try to understand their different options and then do become home, homeowners, you know, 80% of first time home buyers were using less than a 20% down payment. And the average down payment is usually around 7% for first time home buyers and, you know, around 11%, I believe, for uh, repeat buyers. So much less than 20%. And you think about, you know, especially for a, a firefighter or a teacher or someone that's, you know, trying to urge, uh, trying to earn, um, you know, what would probably be the average wage in each of the different states, trying to save for a down payment for the average cost in, you know, many of these states, which is generally around $250,000. And that is an enormous amount of money. And it can take decades for a school teacher or a firefighter to save that much for a down payment so rather than waiting you know a couple of decades to get into ownership we really are talking to people about you know the amount that they could put down and if they're doing it with private mortgage insurance that yes you're going to pay private mortgage insurance and on average you pay that for about five to seven years but that mortgage insurance goes away your payment goes down and it's a very prudent way to get into home ownership to you know to um you know, capture some of the low rates uh, that we see in the low interest rates that we see in the marketplace today to get into a home before home prices appreciate more, all those really important considerations. So just for a borrower to think about those different, um, those different aspects of getting into the home sooner and knowing that those options are available to them is, like I said, it's one of the things that we're extremely focused on within USMI. Got it, got it. Um, I mean, I'm kind of getting towards the near the end right now. For people who, I guess, have homes or anybody who might be wondering, uh, other than the ways I guess you've listed so far, are there any like legal effective ways to, I guess, lower your mortgage payment or pay it off quicker? Or do you have any advice regarding paying off your mortgage? Well, so a couple of different things. One, um, just in terms of of paying off your mortgage or, or paying down your mortgage, I think one of the most important things is when you sit down at the closing table, talk to your lender about what your financial goals are. So just a personal example, I mean, when we sat down with our lender, we said, you know, we want to pay this loan off in X number of years. And, you know, we'd like to put money down, um, you know, every few years, more than our, our principal and interest. And there are different options. So there's different recast mortgage options and there's different you know, um, options that different lenders have that really can kind of fit and meet the financial goals that the borrower may have. But one of the most important things is one, knowing your options, two, knowing your personal sort of credit profile and uh, your own financial sort of health. And then three, talking to several different lenders about what different products and programs they've got available um, so that, for example, you know when you walk into the closing table that you can put as little as 3% down if that's what you think is best for your financial wealth or well-being. And that, you know, you understand that if they've got some of these different options that would help you pay off your loan faster, 
or a more efficient way that those are available to you as well. So being well informed and then meeting with different lenders and really kind of understanding the different options um, through the lenders as well is extremely important. Got it. Got it. So we've covered a lot of ground here. We've, uh, I mean, talked a lot, of, talked about a lot of different topics. Um, and this is a topic that, you know, it's not my, really my expertise. So, I mean, like, again, thank you for coming on and talking about it. But to kind of, I guess, package it all together, can you kind of walk us through the home buying process from what you should have done before you even go to apply for the mortgage to what you should have ready with you when you're sitting there at the table to how you want to close? Can you just put it all together for me? Sure. Well, I think first of all, know where you are in your career and sort of the stability that you've got with your career in life. Um, understand, you know, your own personal financial well-being before you walk into the door. So look at your credit score. Um, know that you're going to be sort of in your current uh, uh, career or job for a period of time. That's what the lenders going to want to know. They're going to want to understand your income, your assets, your debt. So having a really good picture of all those things and being prepared to provide those things when you go in to meet with your lender and then knowing how much you want to put down on your down payment, how much, you, you know, what are the different options? You don't need 20% is sort of the biggest message I would bring um, on that on that front and knowing the different options that are available to you. So if you want to put three, five, 10% down, what does your mortgage look like? What does your payment look like? How much money do you have in the bank if you were to put that money down? Um, and making sure that you've got enough in savings that you've got, in, you know, that you've got a little bit of a cushion there. All those things are are the right uh, is the right way to approach understanding if you're home ready and being home ready. One of the places that I would encourage anybody to go to if they're really kind of seeking out more information is lowdownpaymentfacts.com, where you can get a much better sense of what your credit score should be and how it um, how it will play an important role in your financing terms, what the low down payment options are available to different consumers. So it's a great resource, and you know I think you'll find a lot of benefit to it. Well, thank you for that. And I mean now that I mean since we're on the topic of resources, if anybody of anybody in the audience wants to know more about you, if they want to connect with you or find you, do you have any uh, links that you want to let the audience know about? Absolutely. USMI.org is a great way. You can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, at Lindsay Johnson, um, USMI. Uh, and I would I'd welcome feedback from your listeners, questions. I love to engage with people on this stuff. So I'd love to hear from folks. Got it. And all of those will be inside the show notes. So make sure you guys go click that up. Um, she's a great person to have on, obviously, and very like has a lot of expertise in the field. Now, Lindsay, we've been talking about mortgage insurance, buying homes, down payments. Uh, and obviously, like I said, you have a lot of expertise in this and it definitely shows. If we're taking off our professional hats and we're not talking about real estate, we're not talking about buying homes, we're not talking about building wealth, just Paris Grant to Lindsey Johnson. What three pieces of advice would you give to my audience? Not necessarily regarding advice, but just different kinds of principles, or it could be advice, uh, financial advice if you want it to be, but just kind of different things, uh, like principles that you've kind of, you know, put into your life that's helped you get to where you're at right now. Those are, oh man, that's always a great question, right? I think um, work hard and have fun is sort of a principle that I think uh, I try to apply to my own career and um, just in your personal life, be authentic and, you know, love, um, love what you do and, and love the people that you're with. Got it. That's beautiful. 
So was there anything that we didn't cover that you might want to touch on for the audience? Anything that, you know, we might have missed? I don't think so. I think we've covered it all. And again, just wanting to make sure that folks have the right resources available to them and um, understand what, a, what an important, uh, you know, tool that having homeownership can be in building wealth. Got it. Got it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure that the audience is going to get a ton of value. And I hope anyone listening to this feels at least slightly more empowered to get started on the home buying journey. If it's something that you were thinking about, something you're putting off. Um, you know, obviously, like she's like we've been going over, there's a lot of resources and tools and advice out there that can help you make it a lot easier and will help you actually go from mill- millennial to millionaire. That being said, my name is Paris Grant. Your name is? Lindsay Johnson. And here on the Millennial to Millionaire podcast, we don't keep it 100. We keep it 1 million. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Thanks, Paris. Have a good day.